Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. You guys are ready to go. You guys excited? Hey, mark your calendar. Make sure you mark mark your calendar because that Friday night, I'm really, really looking forward to being with all the guys. I know Pastor Liz is all excited about being with the girls, but I really want to be... Um, Lights on, lights off. Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> I really want to spend some time with the guys. It's going to be about um, intentionality. So, ladies, make your husband go, your boyfriend, whatever, whatever, whatever you got, make him go. Just buy him a ticket. As I hear, go, and we're going to have wings too. There's word worship and wings. You know that's going to be good because we got to eat. Because if there ain't no eating involved, none of the guys are going to show up. They want to know what are we eating, so we're going to eat. So we're going to eat the word, and then we're going to eat some wings. Well, it's going to be like hooligans, right? So praise God, you're going to get the best wings you got. So come on, it's going to be fun. So make you mark your calendar, make them go. The guys don't want to go to stuff. The guys are like, they're tough, right? They're so, they got so much stuff. But make them come because I'm going to, hey, listen, listen, seriously. I'm going to be talking about men. I'm going to share just real quick. Men have no idea the responsibility that they have. It is massive, and your level of intentionality has to be precise or you're going to have problems, and most guys don't realize it, and I'm telling you, man, this stuff's going to save you years of pain. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be, you think like, we think mechanical, we think like this. You need to be in the building. I'm almost, I I told them I don't want none of the ladies around. There might be a couple of them, and it ain't because, but these guys need to really hear this stuff. And I didn't have nobody telling me. See, you got to understand something about this. You don't, gee, this is the number one thing you got to know. I'm not saying I'm the foremost authority about this, but I'm learning some stuff. Jesus had to learn how to love. Let that settle in for a minute. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself in the flesh, had to learn how to love. He said, I learned from my father. And that's how I loved you. We all just need instruction. But I didn't know where to find it. Everybody tells you it's here, there, and everywhere. They don't know what they're telling you. You find it in the Word of God. And there's a lot of stuff that you guys, and I'm telling you now, man, most guys, you're going to, they don't realize this. You can have an opportunity to be bitter against your wife. Colossians says, and don't be bitter against her. Guys don't realize this stuff. They think something's wrong with them. You come spending hour and a half with me or whatever we're going to be in this room, I'm going to change your life. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. So make them come. You got a son-in-law, buy him a ticket. You got sons, put them in the building. I told my little joker, he's coming. You learn this stuff now? The other day, you know what I told him to do? There's a girl in school. He ain't here, is he? He can get me in trouble. There's a girl in school. I, I like her. I said, that, what about that girl over there? He goes, Dad, cut it out. I said, if you do what I tell you to do, he starts looking at me. He starts, get away from me. Leave me alone. He starts, yeah. I said, if you just listen to me, kid, I promise you. He ain't dating nobody. He ain't allowed. But I just get him excited about it. I said, you got to look her straight in the eye and tell her she's the most beautiful girl you've ever seen in your life. Marcus, I'm getting this kid some game. His game is going to be so good. I said, just listen to your daddy. He's here now. I got to be quiet. I see him in the back. <laughs> He's back. You know, I'm telling the truth. 
<laughs> he's like, Daddy, I'm getting mommy. He's going to be getting mommy. He said, I'm getting mommy. I said, Mommy wishes to God I talked to her like that. She's going to tell you right here now. Honey, you're the most beautiful. Come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. Malachi chapter 3. Amen. Don't rob God. Come on, somebody. What does it mean, amen? Just come to the meeting. I'm serious. And the ladies, you're going to have fun. You know, the, the value, the value, you girls got so much value. I think it's so good you come and you, you, you find out more about who you are and what you have. Because I'm telling you, everybody's got problems too in marriage. Let me explain something. Don't, I should just do a marriage seminar. That's another thing we need to add to the calendar. Because everybody in, everybody in marriage has problems. So don't think you live in a glass house because you've got problems. You know what I mean? Like we got problems. Yeah, everybody got problems. And if you ain't got problems, then you sweep in. Because here's the thing. If there's no problems, not big stuff, little stuff, small stuff, then you sweep everything under the rug and somebody's a ticking time bomb. And you're going to have a big problem. So just work out your stuff. So when you come in here, you get, you get programmed, and then you go home. And then you're all going to run around like, I love my wife. I love my wife. What do you mean? No, of course you love your wife. But the thing is this, you got to learn how to get along. And then you got kids, and you got this, and you got that. And you got money pressure, life pressure, all kind of pressure. So come in the meeting and talk about it. But don't feel bad if you got married problems. Amen? Everybody got a little bump in the road. But that's what makes you stronger, amen? That's why we got the 50-plus married people. I like bringing them in. You know what I mean? We got people in here married 50-some-odd years. How'd you make it? You know what I mean? They'll tell you, man, wisdom. You know, wisdom is the principal thing. You got to get some. And you got to learn, and, and you learn how not to be selfish and all that stuff. And you got to hear it from somebody. All right, leave it alone. I'm gonna go, I'll talk about it. Come to the meeting. I know. Everybody's like, take the offering. This is the only time you've been happy with me talking about money. Malachi chapter 3. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Bring your tithes into the storehouse that they may be meeting my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord, if I will not open up the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Amen. Well, guess what? You Say this. My tithe. Keeps me connected to the blessing. How many know that blessing overtake you? Amen? But you got to put faith in it. You guys can come. Come on. You got to put faith in the blessing. Amen? It'll overtake you. That means you got favor coming in, favor going out. That means you got the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That's Proverbs said that. God said he wants to make you rich. Yeah, he wants to make you rich because if you got the money, he's got the money. I don't care about money. Yeah, why do they talk about it so much in the Bible? He don't care about money. He cares about money. He wants you to have the money. So you can influence the kingdom. Kingdom influence. You understand? Kingdom influence in your hand means God's got it. Money in the earth means God doesn't have it. Because money ain't in heaven. Money's in the earth. That's what the control's for the money. But when the church has got it and God's got it, guess what? We could do what we want to do. Can't stop you. Amen? So you got your seed in your hand? When I give, I connect to the blessing. When the blessing is on my life, you can't stop me. And look, every season ain't going to be easy financially. And you know why? Because how would you ever know he's faithful? How are you going to know he's faithful you didn't go through something? So sometimes you go through some financial bumps in the road, just lift your hands in the air and worship the Lord. Why? Because the Bible said this, joy will be my strength. But he said, I praise you. Let all the earth praise him. He said, praise me. Let all the people praise the Lord. And then the earth will give its increase. Your money's waiting for your praise. Because you, you, you got to put, put your heart where your money is and your money where your heart is. Because the Bible says this. It's a heart thing. It's a gift. It's a heart issue, giving. 
and said, I don't want to give. Something's wrong with your heart. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. God loves a cheerful giver. He gives out of love. For God so loved the world, he gave. If you got a problem giving, you got a heart problem. So fix your heart. Amen? And then notice my seed makes the difference. Care next me to the blessing. Hold your seed in here. Say this out loud. Say, Lord, my seed keeps me in the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, man. Hey, I want to talk to you about staying connected to the promise. It's Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29, 18. I want to look at some stuff here today. I'm so excited to get here. And you guys are doing so good. Just, just growing in this thing. We got water baptism today. So if you plan on getting dunked, come back at 1030, amen. I'm going to have you in there. <laughs> I tell the guys, some of them, I say, you better bring scuba gear. I'm going to keep you under for a minute. <laughs> As the bubbles start coming out, you might be done. Amen. And Miss Roseanne wanted to know why I didn't leave my trough down. I said, the ducks will start swimming in it. I got ducks in the front. You know what I mean? So my ducks, don't mess with my ducks. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where there is no vision, everybody ready to go? I know we got to get you going. You 10 o'clock? I got to get you going, man. You got 9 o'clock to get you to 10. Look at this. The promises of God should create the vision you see. Write that down. The promises of God, the promises of God should create the vision that you see. So excited the online people are here. The promises of God should create the vision you see. Look what it says here. Where there is no vision, and we're going to try. I don't know if you got the ASV version up there. If you do, we could read it at that. If you don't have it. We'll give it in like maybe the Amplified or something like that. We'll figure it out. I just want to explain it to you. Where I'm literally looking for is this. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to let you see something. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. But the Amp says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. Okay? Did you get that? Now, I want you to get something here. Discipline is not developed because of discipline. Discipline is developed because of vision. Okay? Everybody sees. Not everybody sees where they're going. Okay? The promises of God pull your focus where you need to be. Okay? Now, here's what you're going to get. Now, go back. Look at, the, look at the first part of this. And if you want to leave it in the King James, it's fine because I can break it down for him. Whatever. It's fine with me. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Everybody say, I'm blessed. Listen to this. ASV says it like this. It's kind of like a version of the, um, it's kind of just like another version of the Amplified. Listen to what this says. It says, where there is no what? Vision. The people cast off restraint. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The word see means this. Some of you might want to write this down. The ability to see beyond what is seen in the physical present as a light piercing through the darkness. The ability to see beyond what is seen in the physical present as a light piercing through the darkness. The ability to see beyond what is seen in the physical. My God in heaven. That means, write this down. Vision can see the impossible wisely. While sight can only see the scene. See, vision lets you see what is impossible. 
Sight only sees what's already been created. So there's a difference. Vision is the eye that sees what other people can't see. Because it's not found in natural ability, but in spiritual insight. It's kind of like you could see something that other people can't see. That's what the promises of God are sent to do. They're painting a picture of what you're supposed to see. Now watch why it's so important. See, because discipline, discipline doesn't last long until discipline becomes based in vision. With no vision... There's no restraint. So the minute you lose vision for anything, your marriage, your kids, your this, your that, the minute you lose vision, your disciplines are going to suffer. Discipline for discipline's sake doesn't work. Does that make sense? So you're just like, I'm disciplined. No, 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 no. Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. means there's no guidelines. You don't have a flesh problem. you got a vision problem. Okay? You don't you don't you don't you don't have a lazy problem, you got a vision problem. You don't have you don't have an out of order disorder, you just got a vision problem. So if we can get you to see right, come on somebody, when you see right, then you'll basically produce the disciplines to produce what you see. When you don't see yourself right, you don't have the disciplines to produce what you should be producing. Therefore, you don't do nothing that's going to get you where you want to go. So it's like this. You see yourself there. If I see myself there, it produces discipline in my life to do the things that puts me there. Without the vision, I throw away restraint. I don't care what I eat. If I don't see myself right, I'm talking about Pastor Chris. I ain't picking on nobody. If I don't see me where I see me, I eat whatever I want. I ain't going to work out. I could care less. Just tell you the truth. That's how it goes. But see, you say, discipline. No, no, no. Discipline doesn't change you. Vision changes you. And see, when you see, this is a master key. This is a master key of heaven. Why can't I do the things I want to do? Remember Paul? He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do all the time. What a wretched man I am. He was not a spiritual man right there. He was unregenerated. And then he turns into Romans 7. Romans 6 talks about the man. 7 talks about him being whacked out. 8 turns around, there's no condemnation in them that are in Christ Jesus. But you got to get something to understand this. What was he saying? He said, I have no way to restrain myself without spirit being life. Because I'm a flesh man. Naturally minded man cannot produce. So what we're going to do is we're going to get you working at a different um, dimension to produce change. So what's going to happen? Where there is no vision, there is no Guidelines of life. See, look, you ain't got a problem. Look, 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 let me show you. You want to see it? You want to see it? Look, I ain't going to go out partying on Friday night. Look, see, people got problems because they don't have vision. Okay, let me, <laughs> I got to do this nice, so pray for me. All right. You get yourself in your own trouble because you don't have discipline? No, because you don't have vision. So what happens is, see, some of you guys, look, you guys are here, so I'm picking on the people that ain't here. People that, people that may be going to go to church today might not go. When I was in the church, there was no option if we were going. 
You didn't have to think. You, you got to think about going to work tomorrow. No, you just get up and do it. See, when you got an opportunity for some other plan, that other plan might take over. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, you want to hang out with the fellas? No, the fellas are going to go get hammered on Saturday night. I got to get up for church in the morning. See, you don't see yourself in the church. You'll see yourself in the world. Are you getting this thing? Is it coming together? Discipline's easy. I can't hang out with Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo ain't going nowhere. I don't pick my friends. Vision picks my friends. I don't pick my spouse. Vision picks my spouse. I don't pick where I'm going to hang out. Vision picks where I get to go. See, now here's the thing. Once you submit yourself to the standard of vision, vision now starts speaking into your life. Now watch this. Not everybody hears what your vision's saying. That's why you can't hang out with everybody. Why can't you come back out with us? Because you ain't going nowhere, but I can't tell you that. Vision now has given me new friends. Vision now has given me new abilities. Vision now has spoken to me do's and don'ts and non-negotiables of life. Vision now has created an atmosphere. I'm not allowed to do what vision does not allow me to do. But it came out of revelation. You could see something that people don't see. People don't train. Most people cannot train in the unseen. I kid around, you know, I like it. You know, like, you guys that do workouts and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I, I might pick it on nobody. I don't know who posts what. I don't care. Mind your own business. I ain't talking to you. I don't even know you. But I'm training in darkness. I don't want the lights on. When the lights come on, I'll be ready. But I don't train in the light. I train in darkness. What you mean, Pastor Chris? I ain't showing you what I'm doing. I'm just going to show up when it's time to show up. See, you got to be able to train in darkness. God, I don't know if what I'm doing is working out. I started thinking about something. I said, God, what are you doing? Understand what I mean. I'm not talking about training just physically. I'm talking about spiritually. You train spiritually for a battle that you cannot see. So when it shows up, you're ready to knock it out. You train spiritually in darkness. You understand what I mean by that? You're in there reading the word when reading the word is boring. Did the preacher just say reading the word is boring? Boring out of your mind, but you do it anyway. You, how many of you work out? How many of you work out? Who works out? You like going every day to the gym when you go to the gym? You like it all the time? You love it? Who loves running? No show of hands. One person. Kathleen, she's a little different. Praise God. Right? You love running. <laughs> you love running when you like to run. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to run. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? She's a sweetie. But you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to do the treadmill. Come on, right? But you do it anyway because you know it's beneficial for you. And you know why she likes it? Because when you know the benefit of it, you do it. See, this is it. So what do we got to do? Now, every, remember, write this down. Everybody can see, but not everybody knows where they're going. Because it's not about vision. It's about clarity. Does that make sense? I was in the water the other day. You know I was in the water? It's huge. You're in the ocean. You're floating around. You're like, I got a little. I got vision. And then there's the gauges in the boat. I said, no. I said, don't look over here. I said, look at this. That's clarity. I got all this expanse. I'm seeing. But I ain't going nowhere until I. Clarity produces greater vision. So I got to get a clear vision. That's what Habakkuk was saying. 
He said, get it, write it, plan. But I'm going to show you something. I figured out something. I didn't understand what the Lord wanted to do with this, but then I got it. So, so is this okay? Are you guys getting something out of it? To grab, you know what it means? To grab something and keep a hold of it. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Want to write some of these down? Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Okay? Without it, you're going to go unstrained. Unrestrained. Vision gives, write this down, it's so good. Vision gives pain a purpose. That is so good. Because pain without a purpose leaves me in a place where I want to stop. Because I don't want to feel pain unless pain's got a purpose. But vision lets me understand. See, that's what Jesus said. Remember uh, Romans 12.1? Remember 12, Romans 12.1 and 2, right? I think that's right. Right? Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. It is. Right? Wherefore seeing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, was that the message I put in? Or something? I think I put it down here. Wherefore seeing we are also accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Present your bodies. What am I doing? Witnesses lay aside every weight. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let's leave it here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You see that? I'm sorry. It's Hebrews 12.1. I'm sorry. It was me. What did I say, Romans? I got all messed up. I knew I had it in me. Sometimes I don't know where they are. That's not easy, man, on the fly. You know what I mean? I got to pull it out and get it and try to hear your head and try to do it all. Give me a break, will you? Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily beset us. Now, you got to run your race with patience. See that? Run that race, keep going, with patience that is set before us. Now, watch verse 2. Hey, look unto Jesus. He's the author. He was the, he, and the finisher, right? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he said, he, said he, he endured the joy of the cross even though he knew that cross had pain connected to it because he knew the joy on the other side of it. You see what vision does? It allows you to go through the pain, knowing that the pain has a purpose. Because if the pain didn't have a purpose, I want out. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants pain. I ain't looking for pain. Nobody's signing up for pain. But if pain shows up, oh, well. But pain on the other side with purpose means I got a promise. You see it? And as long as I got that promise, I'm going to be all right. Is that okay? Look at this right here. Did you get that? So pain, so this is what, watch, watch this. Now watch this, you're going to love this. So everybody say vision gives pain a purpose. Now watch this though. Those without vision spend their lives taking the path of least resistance as they try to avoid discomfort. See, that's what happens. People try to avoid discomfort at the point they'll put their destiny on hold because they don't like pain. They're like, I don't like pain. One painful moment to the next, I want out. You will put your destiny on the shelf the minute you stop embracing pain because vision is going to create pain. You know, I always think of those people in the Olympics. Yeah, vision creates pain. That's why people that don't have no vision, they're trying to get out of pain more than ever trying to surrender a promise. They just don't realize that the promises come with pain. You getting this? You know, like the kid that gets up. You ever watch these things? These, you remember that little girl, the, the gymnastic girl? The little girl, what was her name, Gabby? Yeah, the little Gabby girl. You ever see her? You ever see her? The one, she won all the Olympic gold, man. That kid killed it. 
they showed a documentary on her getting up every day, you know. Man, these kids got to train four years for something you can't even see. The Olympics. Can you imagine doing that every day? Get up. That kid, the one from Port Orange, the kid Lockie or whatever his name, right, the other one, he was swimming in the pool at the YMCA or something over there. Can you imagine? You probably walk by. We riding by. We don't even realize. He's in there training for the Olympics. I'm going to work. You got to be able to see what other people can't see. You got to train like a champion even when you don't realize you are one. You know what I'm saying? You got to choose to be chosen even when you don't think you've been chosen. Are you getting this? You pulling it in? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, well, I want to get on the road where there is no pain. You want to know what the, write this down. Somebody tweet this. The road where there is no pain is called outside the will of God. Because you're numb to n- nonsense. You understand what I mean by that? Does it make this sense? You say, well, it's more painful outside the will of God. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you understand what I'm saying. You people ain't outside the will of God. You're in the will of God. So if it ain't a little turbulent, I'd get nervous to find out whether I'm in the will of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, there should be something trying to resist me if I'm getting after God. Something should be pushing on me a little bit, make me try to get a little discouraged. Embrace it. Because vision is going to produce constraint. That means it shows me where I can go. It shows me vision. Vision. Yeah, it gives you the guidelines of life, and then you don't really. Because, see, a lot of decisions you're making, vision would make for you before you ever got there if you would allow it. So it's really not choices you need to make, but clarity you need to see. Because clarity of what, you know what I'm saying about that? Like, I'm on a road. This road taking me where I'm going. I can't get off. Now say, hey, you want to go do this? Can't do it. Sorry, vision won't let me. <laughs> Next time somebody asks you to do something stupid, say, sorry, vision won't let me. Bless you. So vision won't let me. Vision won't let me. Because I'm on a road. And you get the right picture of your marriage, you get the right picture of your relationship with your kids, you get the right picture you need to get, vision will keep you, man. It'll keep you. Can't think like that about your wife. You ain't allowed to. Vision won't let you. Can't talk like that in this house. Vision won't let us. Well, I'm telling you, it creates a restraint that you cannot get on your own until you see. And once you see, you won't talk the way you used to talk. I just got to get you seeing clear. I'm going to tell you something so good, because you know what? It's important that you get these disciplines now, because once you get these disciplines developed, then you can master these disciplines. And Because everybody say, discipline. Discipline for discipline's sake don't work. Discipline because of vision creates the atmosphere you live in. Is that all right? Watch this. Here's the thing you got to realize. This is going to be great. Watch this. Watch. The level of sacrifice that a vision requires will determine the size of the people who follow. Sacrifice separates the small from the great. I thought of something the other day. I said, the greatest aroma heaven will ever smell is that of sacrifice. Is that all right? You guys are quiet on me today. I'm getting nervous. I didn't do that. I had nothing to do with any of that. It's the Lord saying, amen, son, you're doing good. Here's the key, ready? Simply put, write this down. Vision is the, I don't know what's going on over there. Something, something blowing up. Vision about the devil. Simply put, vision is the source of personal and corporate discipline. There are many who have no vision for their lives and wonder how to attain one. There are others who have a vision but are stuck in the mud and confused about how, what to do next. Then there are those, watch this, 
who have a vision but have abandoned it because of discouragement, disillusionment, and some measure of failure or frustration. How'd you ever get like that? You walk vision out, and then vision doesn't look like it's responding, and now you threw the thing on the back burner and said, ah, forget it. I don't want to be, pu- I'm pushing after things. Like, I was going to go do this, but I don't want to do that. I was, you know what I mean? When you get discouraged, when vision doesn't look like it's producing, what do you do? You get discouraged. You feel like, why should I even pray? And you get all mad about it. We all do it, right? We get a, I'm on the road to going somewhere and it don't look like somewhere is working out. We all been there. So what do you do? You got to make sure in those seasons you stay because even though it doesn't look like the vision, he said, what? What Habakkuk say? You want to read it? He said, write it down. Make it plain. Some of you don't know this stuff, so I got to go there. Habakkuk chapter 2. Go there. Write it. And then everybody reads this stuff and gets all excited. But I got to show you something. Can I show you something about that? Nobody leaves. The, everybody leaves the first part out. Write the vision down. Make it plain. Everybody see it. Run with it and go with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read two, Habakkuk 2.1 first. He said, you better be ready to get corrected. He said, he asked, what happened was this, he asked a jerky question in Habakkuk chapter 1. He said, man, this is all messed up. Basically, he was frustrated. I really believe he was frustrated. Whatever, you read it when you go home. And he said, I will stand upon my watch and sit upon the tower and watch to see what the Lord will say unto me. So he asked the question in Habakkuk 1. He goes, why is all this stuff kind of like messed up? He wasn't really being grumbly and complaining, but he had a question about Maybe being frustrated, I would say, really judging the people more so. Watch this. And he said, what does she answer me when he reproves me? He said, I asked God a question. Now I'm expecting God to come back and reprove me. Help me see it. Everybody wants to write stuff down and make it plain, but are you ready to take correction? I don't think you qualify to hear unless you're willing to take correction. That's why God qualifies you in the earth first before heaven ever responds to you. Because if you can't take correction in the earth, why in God in the world would he think you'd taking correction from heaven? <laughs> That's why the Roman centurion had great faith. He was humble. He said, I'm not even worthy for you to come see me. But just speak the word. That was humility. Not, 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 he didn't think he was a slug. He was humble. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, man. You're God. Kind of got it, you know what I mean? Kind of seen it. So go back said, he said, you want to reprove me, reprove me. Ask me. I, I, I like God's reproof, don't you? The Bible says it's good for you. I rather God correct me because God doesn't correct you. Look, have you ever been corrected naturally? That hurts. God doesn't correct you like that. You know what I'm saying? God's gentle in his correction. You know what I'm saying? You get yelled at at work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got, you, got, you got correction coming at you every direction. God's sweet about it. People ain't. <laughs> and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain upon table. That they that read it may run with it. Run with it and read it. Keep going. Watch this. Watch it. Because you just you got to make it plain. He said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end. It'll speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Why is that? Because it will surely come to pass, and it will not tarry. It surely will come, and it will not lie. He said, write it down. Now, why does God want you to write it down? You mean? Why does God want you to write your vision down? Because the words that you pen will become the place that your feet can step. It's all about seeing it. 
And clarity is this. If you can't explain it clearly and write it down, you haven't, absor you haven't absorbed it yet. You're still all over the place. So write it down. What's your vision? Write it down. Do I need a vision board? I don't even know about all that. I just think you need to have a clear picture. And if, see, I, I, I can't have a vision board. Don't work for me. It works for me a little bit, but I, I walk by and I get used to it. I walk by and I keep seeing it. I was like, I get so used to it. You know what I got to do? I got to be reminding myself to speak it. That's what messed me up. Can I take, you guys want to see something cool? This can help you. Go over here. Go to numbers. I, I, this is what got me. I don't know how I got on this, but I was like, ah, whatever. You know, the Lord was speaking to me. This might have just been me, me personally. But I don't know, but it works. So let's put it together. You all right? Go to Numbers chapter 20, verse 2. Remember when Moses, God was trying to show me something with this. Remember when Moses got in trouble for smacking a rock? God told Moses, speak to a rock. Numbers 20, verse 2. And there was no water. So let me give you the overtone, okay? Moses is out in the middle of the wilderness with these people, and he's trying to get water. Everybody's drying out. Cattle drying out, people drying out. He got a problem. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses. Ain't that funny? People always turning on you when you can't solve their problem. Right? Keep going. And the people, they got on Moses. They chode him. What they do? They got mad. Why God bring me out here to die? Here we go again. They're always a great joy. Right? Keep going. And the people got mad. And why have you brought us up with the congregation of the Lord in this wilderness? You bring us here to die? And we're going to die because they got no water. Now, look, Moses goes before the Lord. Okay? And wherefore have you made us come up from Egypt to bring us into this evil place? And there's no place for our seed. And they're still mad. And the figs and the vine, we can't grow nothing. You promised us all this water to drink and blah, blah, blah. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their face. And the glory of the Lord appeared in them. And God gives them instruction. Watch. Keep going. And the Lord spake unto Moses. You're okay. He said, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, take thy rod and gather thy assembly and Aaron thy brother. Look what he says. And speak unto the rock before thy eyes and it shall give forth this water. And thou shalt bring forth the water of the rock and thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts water to drink. That's funny. There's another time before this, God told Moses, he said, take the rod and he split the rock. Okay, and he told him, he said, take your rod, split the rock, and water came out of the rock. Okay, and I like this. He gives him instruction. He said, take your rod, and he tells him again, he says, take your rod, but now he says what? Speak to the rock. He didn't say nothing about hit the rock. Now watch this. Keep going. Verse 9. You're going to see this. I'm going to show you Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him. He did tell him to take it, but he didn't tell him hit it. He said, take your rod and speak to it. And Moses and Aaron gathered a congregation before the rock, and he said, this is why I think Moses snapped out. These people wore him out. He got frustrated with the people and smacked the rock one too many times. I believe that because they're frustrating. See, you got to get rid of some of the frustrating people in your life. You guys don't realize this. They make you messed up. You keeping these frustrated people, they don't listen. If they don't reach and listen, you need to tell them bye. You can't help non-reachers. You're over there trying to be like, you know, mother goody two-shoes or something. I'm not talking about your kids. I understand you stuck with them. But you got all these other people around you, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I want to talk. No, they don't want to talk. They want to waste your time, and they want you to sign off on their sin. You know what I mean by that? 
They want you to approve your nonsense when they need to be rebuked in love. But you know what the Lord told me? You want to know why you don't want to rebuke nobody? Because you want their affection more than you like to walk with them in their place of pain. Oh, the Lord got me, man. See, here's the problem. You want to know why you don't like confrontation? Not because you don't like confrontation. You want people's affection. Yeah. And at the expense of their affection towards you, you're going to let them stay on a road called pain. So if you really care about somebody, I don't need your affection. I'm just trying to get you out of pain. Boy, that'll preach, won't it? You get that? Like, I'm trying to, like, get you off the road of pain, and the minute I try to get you off the road of pain, you're going to take your affection off of me. It means you ain't going to be nice to me. I don't need you to be nice to me. I'm not talking to you in general. You understand what I'm saying? If you love somebody, all you mamas know what I'm talking about. You got to say some painful stuff to people, but you know the minute you tell them it, they're going to stop their affection. Like, but that shows their immaturity. Well, I'm going to roll right now. I should be writing a book about wisdom keys right now. Thousand and one wisdom keys with Dr. Chris Sarno. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's what happens. They're like, they're on a road called pain. And you know the minute you tell them something about the road called pain, they're going to get mad at you and take their affection off of you and give you the stiff lip. And now I know the minute I tell you what you don't want to hear, you're going to pull out and go, forget it. I ain't going to talk to you the way I used to talk to you and give you the rudies. They're going to get rude with you. And I'm just trying to get you off a road called pain. But at the expense of you staying on that road, I'm going to lose the relationship of affection because you're going to get mad at me. Why ain't this song? So now here's the question. Do I, do I want your comfort or do I want you to produce? Better yet, do I want my comfort or do I want you to produce? Is that making sense? So now I got to maybe lose your attention and affection to get you off a road. So if I really care about you, how am I helping you? I'm helping you when I stop helping myself. Because it's easy to have people with you when it's comfortable for me. But when it gets uncomfortable, we're going to see what kind of character you got. You going to take it or leave it? So I get down to this Moses thing, right? I'm like, why is Moses getting told? Moses snapped out. Everybody say, Moses snapped. He did, bro. He got mad. And Moses had a guy together for the rock. And he said, here now, you mess. Keep reading. Look at this. You rebels. <laughs> He's so mad. I can see Moses. My God. Got a rock. Got a staff and a rock. Hear me now, you rebels. You fetch water out this rock. <laughs> Lifted up his hand and with the rod, he smote the rock. Not once, but twice. He got so mad. Pop, pop. Water came gushing out of it abundantly. He didn't get no trickle. He had a gusher. Amen. Ross says, and the beast and everything. And God got mad. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to him and said, you believe me now, bro. He got in trouble. Because I didn't tell you, hit it. I said, speak to it. You didn't sanctify me in their eye. But you made yourself look good. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation to land which I give them. I said, God, why are you telling me this? He said, because look, listen to this, pay attention. The way you used to get things done ain't the way you're getting things done at another level. 
He said, you're going to have to speak to inanimate things and make sure you know they're going away. He said, speaking to a rock is weird. It's an inanimate thing. It doesn't look like it's moving while you're speaking, but you got to work on a different platform and playing field. It's called vision. What good speaking in this thing going to do? Ask Moses. You don't do it the way you used to do it at another level. You gone up. Don't smack the rock. Speak to it. What good speaking to a rock going to do? Let me do something. Chill out. You know what I think's funny? I think it was almost a test. Why did he tell him to take the rod? She didn't have to say take the rock. She said, just leave the rod and go speak to the stick. Go speak to the rock. Leave the stick. Speak to the rock. He said, no, pick up your rod. Let me see if you're learning nothing yet. Let me see if you're learning that you ain't in your ability. It's in my ability, and my system's not your system. And you, are you tired of speaking? Just keep speaking. You tired of doing it? Don't pick up the rod. Because you're going to do it different, and you're going to mess it up. See what I see. That's what he told Joshua. He told, he told Joshua when he showed up, and he told him at Jericho, he said, you see that walled city? I gave it to you. God, you got, God talks like he's crazy. You gave it to me? Are you kidding me? You gave me what? It's a walled city. Now I gave it to you. Hey, what? It's yours. It don't look like mine. It's yours. What do you want me to do? Walk around there, and at the same time, you shout when I tell you to shout, blow the trumpet. This is stupid. Everything stupid God tells you to do almost in the natural. Gideon. Gideon's a mess. He's sitting there hiding at the wine press. Mighty man of valor. <laughs> Gideon went, who are you talking to? You. He don't go down there and blow the trumpet. <laughs> Tell Jehoshaphat, get to the edge about. Jehoshaphat's got to fight like five armies. Guy ain't got nobody with him. Go down there and shout. <laughs> shout about what? We're going to die? <laughs> no, go down there and shout. Shout what? I would have been real specific. If we're going to win this battle, you better, how do you want me to shout loud? <laughs> what do you want me to say? Glory to God. Hallelujah. How do you want me to say it? You want to pray in tongues? What do you want, God? I say go down the edge of the battle and shout. Victory is yours. Don't look like I got victory. You don't know what the substance I'm working with. I'm working with the anointing. See what I'm saying? So vision is about clarity. So once you start seeing clear, see, why is it hard to keep speaking? You gotta, you're not seeing clear. Clean your lens. Because you're looking at the rock, and it don't look like it's moving. Shh. That's why it's there. It's trying to make you think. Hey, wonder why Moses hit that rock with that stick? It looked like the stick could do more damage than his words. I never seen words do nothing to a rock. Yeah, you don't know the substance you're working with now, kid. Speak to the rock and watch the water come out. Speak to the rock and watch it work. See, guys, get clear. Well, this is a waste of time. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Producing constraint. Producing constraint. Oh, my God, you know how many years I've been doing this? Don't worry about the time. Lose the clock. God ain't got no clock. You get rid of yours. Just keep doing what you know to do. Now, watch when it gets, you know when you get weary in doing? It's not because you're not disciplined. You're not seeing. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? You're not seeing you there. 
You're not seeing yourself there. See yourself. See yourself where? See yourself in that book. I don't know. See yourself where you need to see yourself. That's what produces the discipline, not the discipline. Discipline wears out. But vision makes you constrained. Are you seeing it? I'm just saying that because I really want you to get it. Do you see it? Or there ain't no other way to do it. That's what he was showing Moses. There ain't no other way to do this thing but the way I showed you how to do it. Don't try to get another way. There is no other way. Speak to the rock. It don't look like it's moving, God. Shh. It's moving. How do you know it's moving? God said it moves. God said it. And if he's lying, we're all done. He ain't lying. So you do what he told you to do. What do you tell me to do? Come on, everybody, do it. Clear your vision. You ever see your glasses? You ever get glasses dirty? Put them under there. Clear them. We got to get those little wipes. Oh, there you go. I'm seeing better. Because once you stop seeing, you stop doing. Once you stop seeing, see what it does? Watch it. Hey, hey, we're going out tonight. I ain't. You can do it. Because I'm on a track. My track's telling me here. Hey, want to go do this? Can't. What do you got to do tomorrow morning? Got to get up. See? See, some people tomorrow morning, they got a decision whether they're going to work or not. You don't. You've already decided that. People create the struggles in their life because of the stupid decisions they make. But if they'd allow vision to speak aloud, vision would tell you where you can go, how long you could stay, what time you come home, what time you get up. Your life's autopilot. Once vision arises, your life is autopilot. You just roll. What you mean? Look, man, are you seeing it? Is it coming clear? Like, oh, this is how godliness looks. Then just live it. There ain't no... Would it be, come on, is it, is it really about decisions? No, really, if it comes down to this, make a choice, and the choice will create your decisions. Because it's clear. I see it. And once you see it, you know what happens? Autopilot. Get up, do this. This morning was easy. You maybe didn't want to come, but you said, I don't know, I just go. Ain't no decision making there. I go to church. End of story. I, I'm not using this to try to push you in this. You're getting this? So tomorrow morning, you're going to get up and go to work. Ain't no option. You're just going to get up and go to work. Some guy wakes up and goes, I don't know if I feel like going today. Now he got to fight himself all morning long because he didn't make a decision because of vision. Are you seeing it? Once vision speaks, it's easy. Now it's decisions. Vision creates the decisions and the disciplines and the determining factors. So what do I got to do? Clear my vision. Everybody sees. Not everybody's got a clarity in sight. You got to see it clear. How do you do that? I have no idea for you. You got to ask God, what am I supposed to be doing? And whatever it is, I'm talking about, I know what you need to do. You just need to see yourself. But here's the key, guys. You ever think of this? When I don't see where I'm going, I kind of walk aimless. But once I got vision and clarity, I become focused laser. Remember? You're in the middle of the ocean floating around like a bob. And then all of a sudden you go, the gauge. I got miles of what I could see. But that one gauge. You ever get around people, sharp people, business people like high-end business people? They say they got a laser focus. They just got clear clarity. That's all they got. Clarity. It's not that they're smart or bright. Clarity is in the key. Clarity trumps it all. 
because everybody sees, but clarity lets you see where you're going with your next step. You can do this. It's easy. Don't get beat up on yourself. So, God, what are I going to do? And here's the thing. If you ain't got no big plan for your life, that ain't what I'm saying. Find out what the Word of God says. What is love? What does love of God look like? Get a clear picture of it. You'll start acting like love. Are you getting it? Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is merciful. Love is joyful. Love, love doesn't believe or suffered wrong. Go get a clear picture of love. You watch the person you become. You be so kind. Yeah, it, it'll start happening. Go get a clear vision. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. You start meditating on that and get a clear self-control, and you clarify that and break it down, and you see it, woo, you'll start responding out of kindness. I bet, man, I've been getting patient. It's crazy. I was, day, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, hey, whatever. But we're over it. The house is tripping out. They're like looking at me. He's going to go off in a minute. Like, dude, he's not. So I'm just give him a minute. He's going to go off. Not a bad way, but I'm going to be like, oh, my. No, I'm chilling, man. You ain't affecting me, man. Life ain't affecting me. I'm affecting life. You get your bounce, man. You just can't kill me. Can't take me out. Too strong. Come back. I rose from the dead already. So did you. Can't kill a dead man. Come on, stand up on your feet. Listen, man. Don't let life beat you down. Beat life down with the promises of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.